1: Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? Without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all around badass, Amy E. Smith.
0: Hello, audience. Amy here, and I am super excited to bring you this episode today. You may be aware that we've been switching things up a little bit as far as format goes here on the show. And overwhelmingly, when I polled all of you and asked you what your opinions were, everybody really shared that they loved this idea of one major topic that we take a deep dive in and cover over three to four episodes. In some sort of different modality. So, this week we are continuing our series on perfectionism, and this is going to be a tool episode. The last tool episode I did around imposter complex, I shared a hypnosis meditation essentially that you could do to help you combat if you tended to go into that place of feeling like an imposter. This week, we're going to be talking to a brilliant woman, a colleague of mine by the name of Kelsey Abbott, and she works in a modality called human design. And when I first heard about this, I was like, what are you you saying? I thought it was just referring to... How humans are designed, like our makeup. And it's actually a very specific modality that that Kelsey is going to share with us, and she's going to dig into all of the components that assemble this particular tool. But it's not dissimilar to something like Enneagram or Horoscope, where you basically have a chart that dictates a bunch of different things about who you are, your strengths, your weaknesses, all sorts of all sorts of things. And y'all, it is fucking accurate. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever, we'll see. I did my chart and was blown away. So we will have the In the show notes, we'll have an opportunity for you to go get your own chart so that you can see exactly, completely for free, of course, see where you fall as far as the human design modality. And of course, if you want to learn more about Kelsey, you'll see that in the show notes. Let me tell you a little bit about this lovely woman. So Kelsey is an intuitive human design reader, certified professional coach, instigator of joy, and she also has her own podcast called Find Your Awesome Podcast, which I've been featured on. We'll throw that link in the show notes as well. I have had such a blast getting to know her. She has such an element of play. She is all about sending ripples of light across the planet, increasing ease, joy, flow, magic, miracles. And she's not just sparkly AF, she also has education in this shit. Okay, thank goodness, right? She studied at the Institute of Professional Excellence in Coaching, also known as IPEC, and she's a certified professional coach, energy leader, master practitioner and a core e-performance coach. She has studied at the Applied Neuroscience Institute and just a bevy of other things, not to mention studied human design under Jenna Zoe, who is a, a master in the human design modality. So she is a force to be reckoned with. We're going to be digging into how human design can help you untangle perfectionistic tendencies, and you'll hear that we cover off five different types that she'll go into much more in depth and how no matter what type you are, perfectionism tends to show up in your life consistently, what it might sound like. And that way you can kind of pinpoint, oh, yeah, oh, that's me. So you might want to go to the show notes first and get your human design chart done or be sure to do that after the fact. You may be listening through and listening to some of these various energy types and go, oh, I bet I'm that one based off of how Kelsey describes it. And then it could be fun to get your human design chart afterward to go, oh, my gosh, I was spot on. That's exactly me. So it's kind of mind-blowing in a lot of ways. But what I want you to also know that that perfectionism is a behavioral tactic, right? So we've talked about that a little bit last week with the F Perfect gang. And it's something that we do to protect ourselves. It's not necessarily this innate thing that we're born with. It's something that we do in order to Take care of ourselves in some sort of way. And oftentimes we get to a place where it's no longer helpful. It's no longer serving us. In fact, it starts to transition into stealing our joy. Another way that majorly shows up is with people pleasing, constantly making sure that everybody else is okay, that they approve of you by you showing up in the quote perfect manner. And then you realize. That you're doing and doing and doing and doing for everybody else and you are the absolute last priority. Now, one of the things that I talk about all the time is that we're not learning to stop people pleasing or knock it off with caring so much what other people think just for the fuck of it. We're doing it because when you continue to put everybody else in front of yourself chronically, You cement a subconscious message to yourself that everyone else's wants, opinions, and needs are more important than your own. So I get it. Changing your patterns of behavior, starting to speak up for yourself, letting go of perfectionism, all of that stuff is really hard. And it's a challenge. Nobody really likes letting go of old patterns, right? That's why they are habits. But what we have to understand is that we're shifting them in service of your own worthiness, for your own self-respect, for your own dignity, to value who you are. And this is exactly the journey that I take people on through my Deep Down and Dirty program. And this is a program that I've curated over the last, gosh, six years or so, infused it with all sorts of different tools, tactics, modalities, hypnosis, and It is truly designed to help you if you know that you tend to have massive self-doubt, massive perfectionist tendencies that are debilitating and stifling your happiness, constantly worried about what everybody else thinks, talking mad shit to yourself. If that has been your loop and you feel stuck and you feel like you have no idea how to change these things and maybe – You used to be super confident or you used to feel really proud of yourself and then life happened or certain things came into your world that completely shifted that. It is possible to get that back. It's also possible to uncover it if it's never been there before. And the process that I go through is completely rooted in science and also track record. So I would love to give you a free taste of that. Go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. I have a free masterclass for you. You can also find that in the link in the show notes page. And this workshop will talk to you about why collecting personal development isn't necessarily making any changes or what the subconscious mind has to do with changing some of these things that you want in your life. So if you are ready and you think that I could potentially be your guide and you want a little more info, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop, have a pen and paper handy, take lots of notes. And then at the very end, you will see an opportunity to book a call with a member of my team if that is something that you are interested in learning more about. And again, that call is complimentary and we can talk about a specific plan for you and if deep down and dirty would be a great next step for you or not. And if it's not, we'll definitely direct you toward whatever help we can supply you with. So that that's for you if you want to dig even deeper. But right now, let's chat with Kelsey all about how human design can help shift that perfectionism. <laughs> Kelsey, I'm so excited to connect with Amy, you. Today. I am so excited to be here. I've been thinking about this all day. I've been like kind of jumping up and down being like, I get to play with Aww. Amy Smith today. Yay. Well, I love that you said play because I was learning about some of the various types of generators. And I know that that's a huge piece of your particular mm-hmm. type. And it's not for me. It's one of those, like when you say play, What that means to me is like thoughtful, in-depth, scientific conversation. We all have our (laughs) own forms of play. That's right. That's right. So let me take it a step back here because I know that there are going to be a ton of people listening who don't have a solid foundation of what human design even is. I remember when I heard that phrase, and I know you've talked about this on your show too, of what you thought when you heard, I just thought like, you mean- how we're put together as humans, I didn't recognize that it was an entire modality. So what exactly is it? Where did it originate? Who discovered it? All of that.
1: Yeah, so it was this guy named ra Uruhu, not his original name. And now I can't think of his original name. He's from Montreal originally. He was on Ibiza and he downloaded all of this human design stuff over, I think it was over okay. eight days. It happened in the eighties.
0: Like like basically like a spirit yes. guide yes. dropped it in as knowledge. Okay.
1: It is a combination of, well, or it's strongly influenced by astrology, the chakra system, the I Ching and the Kabbalah tree of life. Okay. And now let's make it relatable for people. So here's what it is. Right. <laughs> Your baby soul got called to earth school. I get so psyched because earth school, there's nothing like it. The opportunity to try all the things that you get to try as a human. And before you came to earth, it decided how, like what you're here to do and who you're here to be. In other words, how you're going to change the world. And then it picked out all the tools you would need to do those things and to be that person. And it, Sprinkles it all into this blueprint, your soul blueprint, and that is your human design chart. So then your soul chooses what day and time and place that you'll enter Earth School to solidify all of this. You come into Earth School, day one, you know everything. You know exactly who you are and why you're here. Day two, you start forgetting. And then someday further down the line, you discover your human design chart aka your soul's blueprint. And you're like, oh, and that's when the remembering begins.
0: And I know you've mentioned this and I'm, I'm very scientific minded, data minded, but I also really love the the connection between something that's incredibly scientific, like energy and how that intersects with spirituality and the concept of souls and reincarnation and It sounds to me like the the person who founded this had maybe claircognizance. You know how people can be clairvoyant or clairsentient. Claircognizance is when you just start to you just know something. You know, it's just a Mm -hmm. download. Which sounds like that's the gift that this this person had. But I I'm also so fascinated around different guides because I think that this has been my theory anyway that we can find learning, we can find guidance in so many different arenas. So the minute we shut down and go, oh my gosh, that's way too fucking woo-woo or that's too recent, it's not ancient enough or whatever, we shut down learning, right? Like we can still have discernment and, and choose what feels resonant or not and have our own agency. But I know you've said the same thing that you at first you were like, wait, what? And then what shifted for you? So I want to
1: say, first of all, that like our transformation, we're all totally unique. I mean, that's what human design is about, showing us how unique we are. So we're all going to, different things are going to resonate with different people. So whatever helps you, that's what's for you. There's no no right way to move forward. So yeah, I first learned about human design from a podcast guest. She just like Mm. mid podcast, I actually can't remember if this is on the, episode or not, but she was like, have you ever heard of human design? And I like, I remember cocking my head to the side, like a curious puppy. And I'm like, huh? Huh? What's that? (laughs) And like you, I was like, what? What?" I even thought like, is this part of the um, creationist movement? Like I had no idea. (laughs) super skeptical and then and she really didn't tell me much about it she was like you need to know your birth time and I was like okay well I know that so finally I found a place to look up my chart online and looked it up and for people who have never seen a human design chart it's like the profile of a human head wearing a tent with a whole bunch of shapes inside with some colors a lot of numbers some lines like it's you're like, okay, what do I do with this? And somewhere around there, I found I'm a manifesting generator. And of course, but I don't know what that means. So, and that's one of, right. There's five energy types. There's generator, manifesting generator, manifester, projector, and reflector. You're a projector. I'm a manifesting generator. So then I was like, you know, not exactly lit up by this. So it wasn't instantaneous Googling. (laughs) It was slow Googling over the course of a few weeks. And eventually I discovered manifesting generators are called warrior Buddhas. And I was (laughs) like, Oh, Oh, Oh,
0: I like that. Like
1: it it wasn't even that I liked it. It was that my soul responded and like it resonated with my soul. And by resonated, I mean, like I actually felt the vibration. I felt the vibrational match and was like, yes, that's true. And I was just like, that was a breadcrumb. And then mm. I don't think I really got much farther. And then, like, it was like a month or two later that I was at an event and talking about human design. And someone was like, oh, if you're into human design, you must know this person. Of course, I've never heard of this person. But I'm like instantly following her on Instagram, listening to every podcast she's ever done, totally doing a one-three type thing, learning all the things, but learning it from one person. And then um, doing every training course she offered. But I skipped a massive step for you. Before I did Jenna's certification program, Mm -hmm. I like I'd already been listening to everything. I'd been reading everything. And I found I could read my chart and everything resonated so strongly. And I felt like it was a whole lot of like, I knew it. I felt like, Mm. like it just finally gave me permission to do things my way to be who I knew I was. And then I was like, well, this is really fun. I want to share it with people. And I'm wondering if it resonates for everyone else. So I started giving free 15 minute readings and for every single person. It was super resonant. And then I did the the like reader certification. Mm-hmm. In hindsight, I see what I was doing with those free readings. I was essentially doing an experiment. Like, okay, right. so it resonates for me and of one, let's increase this like study population and find out what happens.
0: So fascinating. And, and I'm like, well,
1: you know, it's totally woo-woo. I get that. And (laughs) it's totally helpful and accurate. So I'm on board.
0: And you know what? And when you think about shit, that's woo woo. Like, so is literally all religions. Yes. Right. So wherever we get our guidance, like all of that is theory. All of religion is theory, color theory, is a theory, like, you know what I'm saying? So to me, it's all about what feels resonant as a guidance for your soul. So I'm excited to to chat about this. As you know, we've been doing a series on the show around perfectionism. So I would love to look at how we could possibly use some of the insights from each of our own individual charts to help us if that's a behavioral issue that we tend to have. And there's this quote that you have on your website that i think is going to hugely resonate with people and you say i'm not here to follow any rules to put myself in any boxes or to stick any labels on myself i'm here to carve my own path and flow quickly i'm here to play in the light i've known this my whole life but before i discovered human design i tried to follow the rules Mm -hmm. That in and of itself is I need to twist and contort and shapeshift to do what everybody else wants, to be this perfect version, to meet this level of criterion. Yeah. So I'm really curious when, when I posed this question to you of, hey, I would love for you to come and talk about the correlation between human design as a tool for perfectionism What was your first initial thought about So I'm a 4'6",
1: which means I love connection. I love humans. So my first thought was like, oh my God, I get to play with Amy. (laughs) (laughs) And then it was, yes, freedom from the cage of perfectionism. Oh my goodness. If I could just... I, I just get this image of this old Garfield cartoon where Garfield, I think, lets out all the animals in the shelter or in like a pet store or something. And that's yes. what it feels like. Just like, run free, run free. Yes. Yes. That's what I want to do.
0: Break out of the cages. For you, it sounds like when you had sort of this map of like, here's what my soul wanted for myself. And it sounds like it was incredibly validating of, oh, I knew I didn't have to do it with everybody else's rules. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that's where we get misguided in so many ways. Like we're, we're taught to do what I like to call the cognitive override, where we overthink everything and don't listen to our instincts. We don't listen to our intuition or, you know, the multiple energy centers, it sounds like have a lot of insight for us. So is there a particular energy type? I know you listed the five. Mm -hmm. I'm a projector. You are a manifesting generator. Everybody else, by the way, you can get your chart at your site, right? What is the
1: Kelseyabbott.com. And right on the top, there's a banner that says, get your free human design chart.
0: And that comes from me.
1: So it's not going to be instantaneous. And I'll send you your chart your um energy type your profile and a golden nugget
0: nice nice so is there one of those or or maybe all of them that struggle with perfectionism or in different ways in different ways
1: in different ways okay yeah do you want me to go through how it shows up for yes, you yes yes all right i'm gonna start with a manifestor manifestors have really big energy and from day one like their parents feel that big energy. Yeah. People don't always respond well to big energy. It's a little intimidating. So yeah. right from the beginning, manifestors start getting the message. Shh, tone it down a little bit. Like play small. Manifestors feel that they, their existence feels to trigger people. So they're, they want a people please. They want people mm. to love them. And that's just another form of, you know, fitting in the box for other people, being small for other people. That is their version of perfectionism. They'll okay. have a tendency to ask other people's permission to do things, ask other people's opinions. And for manifestors, they are here to own their power. Huge waste of energy for them is asking other people's permission or other other people's opinions. They are... It's energetically correct for a manifester to do what a manifester
0: wants to do. Yes. Speak up. Yes. I have a very strong feeling this is my best friend mm. who who has been on your show and so I'm super curious. Uh, I haven't looked at her chart. I, I doubt it that you would know. Andrew yes. Owen, I don't I don't know if you would remember if you had run it, but I have I a would feeling, remember if has- I had
1: run it and I have not.
0: Okay. I'll have to, I'll have to get her to fill it out because we've talked about this a lot. We've both gotten this, but her far more than I of you're too much. You're too big. You have too much going, you know, like you are, the way you shine is too fucking bright. That's the manifester I get of my entire life has been. You're too emotional. You're, you're too sensitive. You take things too seriously. It's the, you know, and, and anytime we get labeled like that, I think that's when we go, okay, this is not the perfect way to be. How do I change to make everybody mm-hmm. happy? And f-
1: well, for, okay, so first of all, Andrea, she could also be a manifesting generator because manifesting okay. generators get the say, we're hybrids of manifestors and generators. Okay. So we also get that you're too much, tone it down, fit in, follow the rules, yeah. step in line. Got it. Um, okay. For you, that you're too emotional and too sensitive actually shows up elsewhere in your chart. It doesn't go with you being a projector. Okay. Um, Okay. So generators. Generators are born knowing they're here to lift the world up. Like that's what they, when, when they've forgotten everything else, they just know they have this inner knowing that they're here to lift up the world. And when they're little kids, they get celebrated for, sacrificing themselves for like sharing their favorite toy, for going and like kissing out Aunt Aunt Harriet when they don't want to, for for Mm. setting the table when they'd rather read a book. Or, you know, so that's when they're told they're good girls and boys. So they're like, okay, when I sacrifice myself, I'm helping people. That's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to sacrifice myself to raise the world. But no no, 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 (laughs) no, no one is here to sacrifice themselves. What generators and, and manifesting generators get this message as well, or generators are here to do is follow what lights them up. By following what lights them up, they become super sparkly and their sparkle, that juicy magnetic energy, that irresistible energy, that's what elevates the world. So sure, they can choose to sacrifice themselves. Imagine imagine you're an entrepreneur and you're scheduling a a group call. These people sign up because they want to be in your energy. And then you schedule the group call for a time that's actually really inconvenient for you, but you you've rationalized, oh, that's best for everyone else. So you're gonna show up, not in your sparkliest energy. Yeah. But you know, you sacrifice yourself from everyone else. Or you can call, schedule that call for a time that totally lights you up when you know you're going to be at your sparkliest and people, everyone that comes to the call, even if some people can't make it, everyone who comes there is going to get your sparkliest, juiciest energy, and they are going to just be flying high during that whole call. And afterwards, you will have just impacted I their week. That.
0: Yes. And what, I mean, that's such a great metaphor, I think just for all of us is, I think culturally we're taught to, and also disproportionately as women or those who identify as women, that put everybody else first, lay yourself down. And so it sounds to me like what's happening from a human design level is we have the social constructs, we have the social influences, but then if you're also a generator, it's like tenfold. Yes. Okay.
1: And generators tend to be like, oh, well, that's just like being a mom or that's being a woman. No, no. That's the message you got as a little one to put other people first. Just your rule of thumb as a generator and as a manifesting generator is do what lights you up. Got it. Your sparkle is your biggest gift to the world.
0: Okay. So I'm guessing that perfectionism for a generator would show up in, again, sort of in that people-pleasing pull of everything has to be perfect so that I get that approval. So that I'm a good girl, good boy,
1: good human. Yeah. Good in quotes. Right. Yeah. So then manifesting generators. So the world teaches us that we're supposed to go from A to B to C to D. And manifesting generators, our natural flow is like from A to hippopotamus to cauliflower to 61.
0: And that is (laughs) totally stresses me
1: out. We trigger the fuck out (laughs) of everyone else. And then because we try we trigger people just by our existence, just by flowing, then we're like, oh, sorry. So we'll try and put ourselves in cages. And then yes. no one wins because we're not sparkly. They're not getting our best. But like everyone, right. at least we're like hiding. So that's, so that's the, the perfectionism in, a, in an MG is that
0: shrinkage. And it sounds like the pull throughout the entirety of that person's life. And it sounds like with the quote that I read from you earlier is this constant struggle between what you want to do, what your soul is pulling you towards, and then trying to fit into this should, or this box, or check off, check off this list, or Mm -hmm. this is the natural sequence of what you do. You go to school, then you get married, you know? Yeah. And it comes with a lot
1: of like, what's wrong with me? I don't like, it's time to, I want to pivot, but I just pivoted. And then there's the piece Uh, Other people will tell us to slow down. We don't feel like we're going fast. They're like, it's okay. Slow down. And what I remind manifesting (laughs) generators is if you feel like you're going too fast, by all means, please take care of you. Slow down. But don't slow down because other people tell you to slow down because we're just in flow. It doesn't feel like we're breathless. It just feels like we're flowing and it feels really fun and really good. So keep going and people will follow. They won't catch up with you if there are other energy types, but they will trust that they will follow.
0: That is so that that could also be Andrea because we would joke all the time because she would like I'm always the absolute last. So we would teach classes together. We would teach retreats together and she's out the door, ready to go, packed up, done. And I'm the very last gathering all of my things, methodically putting my stuff back into my bag and taking my sweet ass time. Same thing when I went to the gym and I would do these group kickboxing. I was always the last. I'm just, I'm naturally so much more slow. And she gets an idea and she's like, boom, creating it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And I, I admire it so much, but both she and I have had to talk about how we, we can appreciate what the other person, what their superpowers are, and also not hold ourselves to that same standard because she also Will say very commonly too that she'll be more hasty and make mistakes. Whereas that's an MG thing. Yeah, I don't ever. (laughs) You know what I mean? But I also take a shit ton of time to bring anything into fruition. As
1: MGs, that's another like piece of advice that non-manifesting generators give manifesting generators. It's slow down so you don't make mistakes. The pain (laughs) of slowing down is so much Mm. more severe than the pain of having to go back and change something. Yes, I could So just, no, just let me go. I'll go back and fix it if it really needs fixing. (laughs) But mind you, if it doesn't really need fixing, I'm not going to fix it. It's fine. Yeah. I'm going to keep going because right now I'm way down here and you want me to go way back there to fix that? I will if it's like honestly causing a problem. But if it's not, it's fine.
0: Yeah. Yes. Wow. Okay. So- who have we not covered? Projectors and reflectors. So projectors,
1: okay. you just touched on it a little bit in that your perfectionism would show up as trying to be like other people. You guys aren't. You're like a whole nother yeah. species. <laughs> and that can be said about like everything in human design. Like every single human is a whole nother species from another human. But projectors, you really are, you are designed to flow slower than the other types. Cool. Like even the physical processes in your bodies tend to flow slow or you tend to digest slower, like your lymphatic system moves slower. So it's been hmm. honoring that. I describe you guys as a bird on a branch while the rest of us are scurrying around on the forest floor. So already like a bird is very different from like a squirrel and a chipmunk and a furry little animals. They've got feathers. Mm-hmm. They can fly like you guys are different. You're even designed to graze throughout the day instead of eating like structured yep. meals.
0: Okay. So
1: for a projector, yeah, that perfectionism comes in in thinking that thinking that you can keep up, thinking that for instance you're supposed to work in the same way that the other energy types are, which is just mm. going to lead to burnout for you. Your freedom from, from perfectionism comes in knowing that you're, you are different. You are here to guide the rest of us. You're like literally, you're on a branch because you can see everything. You, okay. you belong up here while the rest of
0: us are down here. It's really interesting too, learning a little bit more about this and kind of reading up about this projector type. Because I can also see how because the projector tends to n- want to know absolutely everything about everything, loves knowledge and education and accumulation of, of data, how that could also interfere with getting into action at all. Where it's, you know, because there's, there's a massive parallel between perfectionism and procrastination right like i'm not going to take any action until all of the na- knowledge is accumulated until i have all of the things dialed out before i actually get into action which for for many people leads to completely arresting their progression and that's
1: not 100% true for all projectors but it is true for all 13s which is your profile which is that okay. need so like projectors are naturally wisdom collectors So you've got that in your chart and then you've got the one, three profile, which is your personality in human design. And the one, three needs to know all the things about all the things and doesn't like to talk about things until they know they like deem themselves an authority.
0: That is so me because, and this I think is where perfectionism has shown up for me is one of my greatest fears is me saying something with authority, which I do, you know, when I speak, I speak as though it is the end all be all truth. <laughs> and I am so terrified of somebody saying, actually, that's not true. So I would rather <laughs> really dot my I's and cross my T's. But I've also recognized the more that I have tried to move on from perfectionism that so much of the learning is in the missteps mm. and in the, oh, wow, that really failed and oh, that really wasn't perfect and oh, now I need to course correct and those have always been my biggest lessons, always. So, so that's interesting. So that's not necessarily all projectors that-
1: Yeah, that's your own special brand of projector-ness. And it's why that one threeness is why- When I want to know all the things about all the things, I'm not designed to find them out myself. I don't have the patience for all that research most of the time. Instead, I go go to you or I go to someone else who's a 1-3 and I'm like, hey, what do you know about? In fact, I should ask you guys about this caterpillar that we've got here in Florida that I can't find on any of the lists. I need to find a 1-3 who knows caterpillars.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. And Because I do hear a lot of times from people who are struggling with perfectionism where there's this failure to launch Mm -hmm. where they don't, it's like, I can't start my business until I have another certification or I, and so you're saying that that's more, if somebody has the personality type of one, three,
1: that is a classic one, three thing. One, threes are typically going to have all the certifications because whereas other, profiles will just be like, you know, I've been studying this for a really long time. I think I'm ready to share it with the world. The one three is like, not until I'm certified.
0: (laughs) Oh, Oh, wow. I feel personally attacked.
1: (laughs) No, but this is why. No, in a great way. It is a great great thing. Also, you learn through personal experience. So it's not all just like your head in a book. You learn from both of those things. You really, truly are here to learn.
0: Yes, for sure. I was just thinking about that because I was telling you, I, before we recorded that I've been, I will listen to the same true crime, you know, podcast over and over and over again, even though I've heard all the episodes like three times. And I've been feeling lately, like I haven't learned anything new for a couple of weeks. I need to, So I downloaded a podcast on neuroscience (laughs) because I'm like, I need need to learn some new data about our neurons.
1: (laughs) I see the similarities. It's funny. It comes in different ways. So we both have just going off topic for a second to talk about that, like re-listening to the same true crime, that we both have taste digestion. And what that means is like eating the same breakfast every morning it also like listening to the same music, listening to the same podcast over and over again. But then we both also have this gift of, we need creativity. We need newness. And so yeah, that comes in like hunger for learning.
0: I love that. I love that. Yes. I definitely need newness, but it typically is around knowledge uh, sometimes changing up physical environment, like anything related to decoration, whether it's of myself with makeup, hair, fashion, my home, my, I just, everything has to be ornate and decorative. And those are the things that I like change in other things though, like changing states, changing jobs, ch- fuck no, mm-hmm. changing plans. No, don't change the plans. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, change the plans
1: all day, every day. I, except oh my maybe gosh. sometimes I want some structure. And you are also designed, I told you this before we hit record, you're designed to be surrounded by beauty. In fact, things that you don't find beautiful are just going to drain you. So get rid of them. Yeah.
0: I, I cannot tell you how much it affects me when my house isn't put together. Like there's this one rug that we have needed to purchase for this home. And we haven't done so because we had new pups and we're trying to train them and we don't want to ruin it. And it kills me that it's not complete. Like, and I have to just let it go. And when we were training them, we had the, the ugly fences up. And I'm just like, this is not a beautiful home. And it, it really affects me. I always attributed that to being a Taurus and how much Tauruses love their home and value the home space, but, you know, I'll take, I'll take it in the human design form also.
1: Yeah. You know, and it's funny the way things show up one way in our astrology chart and same, same, but different in human design. It is related. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're right. Cause it was informed. Exactly. It's still based on your birth date. Uh, I don't want to leave reflectors hanging. So, oh yes. So reflectors, how would perfectionism show up for them? So reflectors are very connected with the moon. The moon is in a different phase every single day, right? It looks different every single night when we look at it. Reflectors are different every single day. In fact, every single moment, they are different. And if a reflector tries to define themselves, just, I'm going to end that sentence right there. If they try to define themselves, they will be constantly disappointed they will oh that is just not energetically correct for a reflector and that perfectionism can show up simply as them trying to define themselves like giving themselves a title lock, putting a label on themselves putting themselves in a box locking them into a particular niche Mm-mm. project or er, reflectors are here to just be fluid and flow yeah. like the moon
0: Wow, so they've got that flow a little bit, kind of like the manifesting generators. Yeah, Is that right?
1: Manifesting generators and reflectors both despise boxes and labels. Got it.
0: Except for if they're a reflector, yes. <laughs> they can have that label yes. or the yes. manifesting generator <laughs> label. Okay, so if somebody, let's say somebody came to you and they were curious about human design and, but they said that their, their biggest struggle right now, their biggest pain point was this struggle with perfectionism. Like, let's say they have all of these dreams and these goals and these things that they want to accomplish, but they fail to launch themselves because they have to accumulate and accumulate or they have this belief that if they can't be the absolute best at that particular thing, then it's not even worth it. Why even bother? And so those are sort of like the commentary, the narrative that's happening for them. How would you use their chart to give them alternatives mm-hmm. to that behavior?
1: So the first thing we're going to do looking at their chart is listen to what, and by listen, I mean like, look at their chart. find know what is true for them and then what is conditioning. So I said that we all start forgetting Ooh. by day two. That's when these really well-meaning humans try to prepare us for interacting with other humans. They tell us all these things that we should do, all these ways of being that we're supposed to follow to to hack it in this human world. Some of that stuff, it is helpful. And some of it it might be super helpful for one person and not so helpful for another person. So we want to clear out all the conditioning. Like maybe that accumulation of knowledge is maybe they're a one-three. So they really truly are here to accumulate all the knowledge. Maybe they're a different profile. And that accumulation of knowledge is actually like some belief that they picked up when they were four. So we want to go clear out everything that isn't theirs.
0: And by, by doing that, it's basically you, you help somebody see, okay, this was kind of ascribed to you. And then this is your general gen genuine soul purpose and help people untangle those two things. And in human
1: design, I always caution people. If you, if anything that you learn about human design makes you feel trapped Or like, there's something you can't do that everyone else can do. If like, come check with me, please. Because I don't want it to feel like that. I want human design to feel like a big old permission slip to feel really, really good to you, really relieving to learn what your soul picked out for you before you were born. Like your baby soul, Amy, picked out the fact that you're supposed to be surrounded by beautiful things. Oh, that's so, so Isn't great. that like just so sweet of it? It loves you so much. It was like this one, <laughs> this one needs beauty.
0: So what about, what about the, the things that we are meant to learn in this particular lifetime? Because I, I've always had this, or not always, but I have this belief that that our soul genuinely chooses this particular body, this particular life experience in order to learn whatever it needed to learn in that lifetime. So are there ways in which that is extremely painful for us, you know, cause there's so many situations that I can think of, of people that I've engaged with who, if you were to tell them like your soul pick to this journey and it's been fraught with like abuse or trauma or egregious things that have happened in this world. How do you make sense of that w- with human design without being an asshole about yeah. it? You know what I mean? Cause I, cause I think that can be so elitist and kind of where self-help goes wrong. is like, oh no, you picked this and then dismissing someone's trauma. I love that you asked this question. Thank you. Um, so
1: I've never answered this question out loud, so I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth, but we're going to find out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sweet. So your soul picked how you are in the world. It doesn't pick what's going to happen to you. God it. it does pick, for instance, there is one golden nugget that a soul can pick out that is, it, it tends to say there's something that happens early in your life, which you note as big T or little T trauma. It could be a very okay. little T trauma that then your kind of like your underlying mission becomes, I want to help other people not experience this. Got it so could, you, it, it could, it could be anything. Like I've, I've talked to okay. plenty of people and I always ask like, so did you experience something earlier in your life? And by earlier in your life, what I've found by talking to people, it, it'll be like into their twenties. Some people are like, "Oh mm-hmm. yeah, my parents got divorced when I was 3 and mm-hmm. I just feel really strongly about helping kids through divorce." Or right. it's something like, "Oh yeah, I had an eating disorder in my 20s mm-hmm. and now I help people with that."
0: That's interesting. That that's so fascinating. So, I love that distinction and that makes me so happy to hear that that it's it's not about discounting the things that have happened to you in your life, but it's more so about this is who you are in this world. This is how you you show up, how you engage with things. So I've heard you talk about, and I'm curious if there are any parallels with perfectionism here, of energy leaks. How would you describe what the hell an energy Mm. leak is? An energy leak for a manifestor, as I
1: was saying earlier, would be asking other people's opinions or permission. That is just a place where you're put. You're giving your energy away. Um, I re- I've talked about how social media was an energy leak for me. I retired from social media in 2020, and for me, I was spending all this energy in like create, like constantly. The back of my mind was churning out what am I going to post about today. And that once I got rid of that, whew, freedom to flow, freedom to create as creativity comes, because creativity comes in waves.
0: So, would you? So, because you think about energy can be like positively charged, negatively charged. And when I hear you say that, to me, that sounds like emotion, you know, like or intuition of how we're intuitively connecting to a task. Or I'm not talking about something like I really don't want to pick up dog poop or I really don't want to have to do my taxes. I'm not talking about things like that that are just unpleasant, period. I'm talking about something like what you're sharing about getting off social media when there's all these shoulds of like, no, if you're on a biz, if you have mm-hmm. a business that runs online, you have to have a social media presence and blah, 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 blah that there was some sort of emotion or some sort of intuition that was saying to you, this is not the right path for you. Yes. Is that a correct assumption? Yeah. How would you, how would you lump Mm -hmm. intuition or emotions into that? I would say that in my
1: personal, in my social media experience, my intuition had been saying there's something better. There's something better. There's something better. And my human self was like, but what, but what? but what until finally i was like i got to get out of here and then i got out of got out of there um when i got that nudge that was so hard that was like get me out of here so yeah i could have i kind of saved myself <laughs> from a few months of like turning on wasting energy and listen to the intuition way back when but you know listening to our intuition is a practice I'm getting better every single day. And every single day, there's something I miss as well. Because our intuition only speaks to us instantaneously. It doesn't repeat itself. Like you miss it. You miss it. It'll come back around because you're going to, like for me, every time I was, for instance, like logging into social media, it was like, nah. And I was like, but why? So I'd go on. And then next time, nah. And I'd be like, but I'm still going to do it. So
0: you still get the hit every so time, so it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily nag at you, is what right. you're saying, but it will show up in that instance yeah. over and over again. Okay, so as it pertains to energy leaks, then how would that show up? I know you mentioned manifestors, but how might that show up in other situations for people where, you know, I'm thinking of people who tend to struggle with perfectionism. Especially when you're in a really anxious state or you're trying to control something or you're, you know, feeling frustrated because something's not panning out exactly flawlessly. How does that tie in with an energy leak and what would you do about it?
1: There's a lot that comes up for that. So the first thing I want to say is something I learned unrelated to human design, but I learned this last week. Fun fun factoid, I know you'll appreciate it, that when we are inauthentic about our emotions, for instance, if we feel angry, but we tell the other person, I'm fine, the other person feels our anger and they register it as a threat, as though they're being run down by a tiger. So we tend mm-hmm. to lie to people and say like, no, I'm not angry because we want to protect them. And we're actually causing them stress. Right. Okay. Right. So energy leaks. Here's the thing. If you feel like you have to force and control and like hang yeah. on by your fingertips, it's probably not for you. The universe is probably trying to give you a shove. So you're not yeah. this way. Got it. Listen to that. We're not naturally... Sp- like supposed to be anxious. We are supposed to experience fear, for instance, like when we are being chased by a tiger, there's a reason yes. you sometimes jog across the street because a car is coming. That's, that's right. helpful. That's of a course. natural response. But if that's what you feel like in your work environment, maybe you're not supposed to be working there.
0: Right. Maybe, Or maybe it's the method. Exactly. Maybe it's, yeah. Got it. Okay. Cause I'm, I was thinking about a metaphor that my coach actually used with me recently with something similar that I was feeling, where I was holding on to something with such a tight grip. And she goes, I'm getting this vision of when you have a brand new puppy and you're trying to teach them how to walk and on a leash, and they just sit down and they're defiant and they're not going to go with the flow, go nicely on that leash. And I feel like you are tugging the shit out of that leash. And to me, that's sort of what this energy leak Mm -hmm. around, no, it has to be this way, this perfectionist pull of, no, it has to look this way. It has to sound this way. It has to be executed in this very specific way. I described
1: this recently as, I imagine you're out to dinner with a bunch of friends. You're at a new restaurant you're enjoying the food, enjoying the company, and then you have to go to the bathroom. So excuse yourself. And you go ask a server on your way towards the back of the restaurant, you ask where the restroom is. And she yes. says, it's down the hall to the left. So you start going down the hall and you are pretty sure you're seeing people come in and out of this one door. So you go down the hall you're like, I got this. You try the door handle. It doesn't budge. You're like kicking it and You know, jiggling the handle and you cannot get in. That's because that's the storage closet and no one wants you peeing in the mop bucket. That's right. (laughs) The restaurant staff has locked that door for your protection and for their convenience. They don't want to clean that up. The bathroom door is literally like 10 feet down the hall, but you are struggling trying to get into this door that isn't for you. And you Mm. swear you've seen other people do that. Go, like, go in there. You swear that's the way right. other people are going. So it must be the right way. But just because it's for other people it does not mean it's for
0: you. Wow. You know, something that I've talked about a lot with my students, and this is what I kind of see as the broad picture with human design. A lot of times people come to the work that I do, and I'm assuming largely to the work that you do, feeling as though they're wrong they're broken. They're not doing it right. They're not getting it right. And everybody else seems to, it seems like this as a tool could illuminate for people, the things about themselves that they genuinely just need to acknowledge, celebrate and live into. Yes. So when I, right before I learned human design, I was
1: working with a coach who kept saying, Kelsey, you just got to be super specific. You got to be super specific about who your ideal client is. You got to be super specific about the money you're going to bring in this month. You got to be super specific about mm. everything. And I finally got really sick of hearing that. It's like, okay, I'm going to try it. I tried it. And it was like, the, the brakes screeched on everything. Like everything came to a halt. And I was like, what, what just happened? Like, I feel like I'm, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Then I learned in human design that I am not here to be specific. That for me, Mm -hmm. that's, what's going to happen. It's going to make me lose my flow. So some people are here to be super specific and to declare who their ideal client is down to what she eats for breakfast and declare how much money they're going to make. My husband Is specific. And when our refrigerator broke, he wasn't entirely convinced it was broken. So we got this flyer in the mail. It was like Memorial Day. So there was a Lowe's sale. And I was like, well, let's, they're open for another hour. Let's go get a new fridge. And he's like, okay, fine. But I'm only paying X amount. We left there paying $1 less than what he had declared. That's (laughs) the power of someone who's supposed to be specific. Someone like me who's not supposed to be specific. That Outcome is not for us to determine. We, people who aren't specific, aren't just ordering from the universe. Instead, we are here to show up, be present and be curious and say, hey universe, please bring me abundance for being my authentic self. Our job is to just keep showing up and stay out of trying to read the last page of the chapter before we're there. Just stay where
0: we are. Wow, I love this. Well, I, I feel like I could talk to you forever. This is so incredibly fascinating to me. I know that people are going to be so excited to figure out what their chart's all about, have a little look at how some of the stuff that we've talked about today applies to them. Where can they find you? I know we mentioned that a little bit earlier, but let's reiterate. Yeah, so come to kelseyata.com.
1: You can get your free chart and just click the banner at the top. If you want a full human design reading, that's KelseyAbbott.com slash human design. And then there's the Find Your Awesome podcast. And I have a YouTube yes. channel. And you can get to all of that from my website, KelseyAbbott.com. Perfect.
0: Perfect, not perfect. Imperfectly perfect. <laughs> we I, can change the definition to, of perfect, you know. That's true. I mean, millennials changed the the definition of the word literally. True. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't really mean literally it anymore. It doesn't really mean anything it, anymore, does it? It means I think it means dramatically <laughs> <laughs> emphasis. So, anyway, I love that. Yeah, and that's another topic for another time just how language evolves over the over the decades and centuries. It's pretty remarkable. Mm. So, anyway, thank you Kelsey from the bottom of my heart. I so appreciate having you here. I love obviously learning about new stuff and sharing that with the the audience. So thank you. I adore you. I adore you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And I love that you just said audience and I just
0: love being (laughs) in your energy. Thank you. Oh my God. I love her. I love her. I love her. I love her. I hope that you enjoyed this tool episode of the Joy Junkie show. And please reach out on Instagram and let me know if there's any specific modalities like Enneagram or horoscope or anything else that you would really like to learn more about that could be a tool in aiding us to live our richest life and to actually like ourselves and love ourselves, you can find me on Instagram under the handle at the Joy Junkie. Everything else will be listed for you in the show notes page. Again, if you want to dig deeper, don't forget to check out that workshop. Next week, I will be doing some coaching, live coaching on the air with a beautiful woman who struggled with perfectionism so you'll want to stay tuned for that so you can snag some of her homework assignments for yourself so that we can start breaking free from some of these patterns that just aren't helpful any longer all right we will see you around these parts next week Here's to loving and living your most badass life